upon. A war of good versus evil. We're up against an enemy that's eons old, and up until recently it's gotten arrogant, bold, and in our face, and taken every opportunity to snare humanity with the lures of this world through Hollywood, the music industry, big pharma, big tech, big media, and much more. There's a hard line that must not be crossed by this enemy. A line that must be etched in your heart with the word of God. A line few are holding, but many more are needed. Are you willing to take to the offensive in the engagement of this enemy fighting in unity as warriors for Christ and in the pursuit of truth? If so, welcome to his hard line. Good evening, hardliners. Good evening. Happy to have you here on this Saturday night. Happy to have you here. It is February 19th, 2022, and you are listening to a conversation, a discussion on the grand jury belonging to the people. But first, we're going to start off with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for the day. Thank you for our good health. Thank you for some of the good news that I actually read today. I'm hoping it's true. I can't imagine it not being true, um, which we will get into. But um, just want to say thank you so very much for all that you give us and all that you do. Thank you for nourishing our souls. Thank you for nourishing our spirit with your good word. And I just pray that you guide my words and guide my thoughts tonight and each time when I'm on here. Because again, as always, this is your platform. You are in the captain's seat. You are in the driver's seat. And I am just simply your co-host, your co-driver, just the technical guy here behind the buttons. And I just want to say thank you so very much in advance for all that you do for us and the blessings you bring to me, my family, and anyone who's listening to this in their families and all. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, I hope everybody is enjoying their weekend so far. I know I am. This is actually my Sunday, so I get to go back to work tomorrow. Yeehaw. Um, so for starters, just a couple quick little uh, quick show notes here that I just want to kind of put out there. Um, again, I do this His Hardline discussion on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I don't really expect a whole lot of people to join me typically live. It seems like a lot of people that actually listen or uh, just, you know, they download it for, you know, at times when they're, when it's convenient for them, which is the nice thing about podcasts. Cause that's like me. I don't really have a whole lot of time to listen live a lot of times, but I definitely listen to the, uh, to the, you know, I download and put it on my playlist and, and listen to it later because I have such a crazy schedule myself. You know, I wake up at 2 a.m. as some, a lot of you know, and, um, you know, I have just a very demanding schedule. So, you know, if you could just share this far and wide, send it via text. There are ways you can do it where you can, um, you know, copy the URL and text it to somebody or email it, or just simply just tell people, Hey, you know, you should check out this guy that I'm listening to. Um, it's his hard line. Uh, go to his website. If you don't have a Podbean account, you can go to www.hishardline.com. No hyphens, no spaces, just hishardline.com. And there's a tab there that uh, it's, it's, state, it's, uh, it's called podcast. And you can go there and there is a live player there. And you can listen to all the previous episodes uh, dating from the most current, going all the way back to the oldest. So for anybody that doesn't have a Podbean account, don't worry. You can just go on my website, hishardline.com. And excuse me, let me rephrase that. It's God's website. I'm just the steward of it. 
So let's be clear. All right. Now, another thing is, again, the reason I'm asking you to share this and do me that huge honor and favor is because I'm not really on any social media. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on any of that. I do have a Clout Hub. I do have a Gab. I've just started a Rumble account. I'm just kind of getting involved with it. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. Who knows? Ultimately, I want to keep it simple and just stick with just Podbean and just the website, to be quite honest with you, because the less third-party platforms that I, you know, have to put, you know, the information out there, the better. I don't know. I just, I, I just, I, I like to keep it less is more kind of mentality. So if you can do me that favor, that'd be great. Um, I'm just, I'm actually really shocked. It's been a little over two weeks going on three now, uh, coming up on Tuesday and I've already got like 520 downloads, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for just starting this podcast, I'm just kind of just blown away by those numbers. So who knows where we'll be at in a year or two from now, but you know, who cares at the end of the day, as long as spirits are being moved and hearts are being softened and opened up for Jesus Christ to pour in. I don't care if it's just four people or five. I don't care if it's just one. If that individual gets, I don't know what it is out of this, but gets their fulfillment and and, and gets nourishment through what we're talking about here and through the Bible readings we do daily, then it's worth it. Again, Doing God's work isn't all about glitz and glamour. It's not about fame. It's not about notoriety. It's none of that. It's about just digging your heels in and doing the hard work for for him. And that's what his hard line is all about. So moving on. So again, as I pres- you know, as I press forward with these uh, with these podcasts, as you all know, I am trying to figure out a format. And it's going to continuously be polished and worked on and tweaked. So you're going to notice little differences. And so as much as I don't, I don't really follow the news. So there's always, but there's a segment I do want to do called noisy news of the day, because it could be true, could be not true, but nonetheless, you know, at the end of the day, I still look at it because you just kind of got to take a peek at something, you know, take a peek at it once in a while, just to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on there with what the rest of the world is looking at. Right now, I don't grab stuff from CNN or Fox even because I just, I don't trust any of that, but I do go on uh, like the gateway pundit, right. Um, with Jim Huff, who writes a lot of articles over there. Um, I try to go more in areas that seem more reputable. So, but here's the newsy, noisy news of the day here. Here's, here's the top headline for today. Um, and this is again from the gateway pundit by Jim Huft and it was published today. Jeffrey Epstein's close friend in pimp, Jean Luc Brunel found dead in apparent prison suicide. He allegedly hanged himself. Prison cameras were not working at the time. All right. And the article goes on to say, what a strange coincidence. Jeffrey Epstein's close associate and French modeling agent, Jean-Luc Brunel, was found dead in prison today in an apparent suicide. According to previous TGP report, Epstein once allegedly had three 12-year-old girls flown in from France and delivered to him as a birthday present, a former sex slave says in newly released court documents. According to a former bookkeeper, several girls presented to Epstein worked for MC2, the modeling agency owned by Jean-Luc Brunel, a longtime acquaintance and frequent guest of Epstein's. Brunel received $1 million from the billionaire around the time he started the agency. 
Epstein's friend Jean-Luc Brunel had such a reputation of abusing models that 60 Minutes did a segment on him years ago. The Daily Mail reported on Jean-Luc Brunel's death today, stating Jeffrey Epstein's French modeling agent, French friend Jean-Luc Brunel, who allegedly procured more than a thousand women and girls for the pedophilia financier to sleep with, died today in an alleged prison suicide. It comes days after Prince Andrew agreed to settle Virginia Roberts' lawsuit accusing him of sex abuse after they met through Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Roberts accused Brunel, 74, of procuring more than a thousand women and girls for Epstein to sleep with, and he was awaiting trial in France for raping minors. His death is an alleged hanging with fuel conspiracy theories around Epstein's affair after he also died in prison while awaiting trial in what authorities say was a hanging. Now, back to Jim Huff's article. However, video cameras were not running at the time he died in the cell he shared with another inmate. Prosecutors in Paris confirmed Brunel was found hanging in a cell in La Sante in the south of the capital city in the early hours of Saturday morning. A night patrol found his lifeless body at about 1 a.m., said an investigating source. A judicial inquiry has been launched and early evidence points to suicide. It was late. It was in December of 2020 that Brunel was indicted after two days of interviews by an examining magistrate and specialist police from an anti-pedophilia unit. He was arrested at the city's Charles de Gaulle airport. Not sure if I pronounced that right, but whatever. On while trying to board a plane to Dakar, Senegal, telling detectives, I'm going on holiday, end quote. So, kind of interesting. Jeffrey Epstein hanged, right? Hanged himself. He committed suicide in prison, awaiting trial. Ironically enough, cameras weren't working. Hmm, Okay. Just so happens, coincidence, Jeffrey Epstein's close friend, Jean-Luc Brunel, found dead in an apparent prison suicide. Oh, wait a minute. And let's not forget to add, the prison cameras were not working at the time. Ha! Huh. Okay. I don't know who believes that story, but hell, the first one that came out with Jeffrey Epstein when he killed, you know, supposedly killed himself, that the cameras weren't working... We all knew that was a farce too, but now, now they do, they're doubling this story, but with an acquaintance. Okay. Uh, if you're buying this, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I got, I got some ice to sell you in Alaska. I don't know. I mean, it's just, this is ridiculous, but you know, on a whole different note, we're going to move on to a little bit more, uh, I guess more, more good news actually. I hope this is true. This is by Metro Voice News. Now the headline reads 80 sex trafficking victims rescued in California sting. Now, if this is true, God bless these people that that did this thing and 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 rescued these eighty sex vic, you know trafficking victims. The article was today and it and it reads: Efforts begun by the Trump administration to stop sex trafficking trafficking continued to have positive effects in California as a sting operation in Los Angeles has proved. Numerous children were among more than eighty other victims rescued in Operation Red Zone, which also saw five hundred suspects arrested across the state. The sting operation involved local, state, and federal law enforcement working in a coordinated effort that was made possible by policies put in place by former President Donald Trump and his Justice Department. News of the rescues and arrest was made February 18. The arrest included charges of human trafficking, pimping, and pandering, solicitation for sex and narcotics and sex with minors. Quote, we sent the message loud and clear that human trafficking will be met with swift action in Orange County. End quote. Orange County Sheriff Don Barnes said in a statement, Quote, 
Through interdepartment collaboration, we deployed substantial investigative resources across the county and were able to make a significant number of arrests. Most importantly, two young victims have been brought to safety and resources were offered to other victims. The The Orange County Intelligence Assessment Center coordinated the operation in partnership with 11 local law enforcement agencies, as well as the Orange County District Attorney's Office and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. The agencies went undercover to investigate, quote, the online-based sex solicitation websites, end quote, and the other known problematic businesses in order to catch the men, according to the Sheriff's Department. Each agency utilized investigative techniques most impactful for their city. And it just goes on further. I mean, you can find the story on uh, MetroVoiceNews.com if you want to read more on it. But, you know, if true, I really hope this is true. Because what's going on out there with this pedophilia, you know, trafficking and, you know, the adrenochrome with these, you know, the, with the, with the, it's unspeakable. I can't even find words. With all these unspeakable evils that are happening against humanity in general, but more particularly with children and young women and young girls, particularly minors, it's sick. And I hope this is true. So... Well, that's the noisy news of the day. Now, moving on. Today's reading we're going to do out of we're going to read out of a quick little segment out of Deuteronomy chapter 16, 18 through twenty. Very short. It's going to be out of the New American Bible Revised Edition, and it says, "In all the communities which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall appoint judges and officials throughout your tribes to administer true justice for the people. You must not distort justice. You shall not show partiality. You shall not take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes even of the wise and twists the words even of the just. Justice and justice alone shall you pursue, so that you may live and possess the land of the Lord your God is giving you. That's Deuteronomy chapter 16, 18 through 20. And a little quick little tidbit here. I don't know if a lot of you really know this, but when the founding fathers established this nation and when our Declaration of Independence and the United you know, the federal constitution and the, uh, I believe, like the Articles of Confederation, when all those documents were being drafted and written out, it is my understanding that a lot of the inspiration, a lot of what we see in our documents today is derived from Deuteronomy, uh, the book of Deuteronomy as a whole. Now, there's other areas, too, that they, you know, use uh, that they use as references as well. But the Bible it just goes to show you just how irrelevant and, and important the Bible was back in those days. It makes you question why. Well, not even question, because there's no question anymore. We know why they're trying to do away with the Bible and Christianity. Because they know with it, the world prospers. Not just America, but the world. It's no wonder they don't go after Buddhist or Islamist, you know, people or, or, or uh, you know, Hindus. You know, it's no wonder they don't go after Aborigines. It, you know, they go after Christians in the Bible. Why? I'll tell you why. They know the evil behind a lot of these, you know, corporations and different government agencies. They know the power of the Bible and they know where our founding documents were derived from. It is the Bible. Which brings me up to the discussion that we're going to talk about. 
which is the grand jury belongs to the people. Now, before we get into the discussion of the grand jury belonging to the people, let's go over the Seventh Amendment in the Bill of Rights. And it states, In lawsuits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. Now, if you don't sit and read that, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to reread it to you. Now, pay attention, because in my last discussion, we discussed common law and the assemblies, the common law grand juries, right? It's going to state, again, Seventh Amendment of the original Bill of Rights. Here it is. In suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury, okay, I'm going to repeat that, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. Basically, in translation, in case you haven't figured it out by me repeating it, the the people's the, the grand jury that belongs to the people is the highest court in the land, not the Supreme Court. Listen to that. No fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court, any court that includes the Supreme Court in any court of the United States, then according to the rules of common law. Now, if you recall in the last, like I said, in the last His Hardline discussion, we had, uh, I think it was on Thursday, we, we talked about the assemblies, common law grand juries, and the militias. You would have learned that the common law grand juries serve as a referee for any crimes committed against we the people and any government official in office. Now, many think that common law grand juries are just, are just you know, are for just any crime. No. Keep in mind, they aren't just for all... the. I'm getting ahead of myself. Excuse me. Keep in mind that they aren't just for government officials who commit crimes against the people. They aren't all, they are in fact also for those who are not in government but still commit a crime in which a man or a woman harmed and or killed another man or woman. Common law grand juries are for anyone who commits crimes against humanity. I am certain that you have all heard this term by now, crimes against humanity. And by now, considering the chaotic state that, you know, this world seems to be in, in regards to what has taken place in these last two years, which, by the way, just a quick observation, still haven't flattened the curve two years in, coming up in March. But I digress. We are going to see trials. in which people are going to be accused with take, you know, taking part in crimes against humanity. And that spectrum is very far and wide from trafficking to, you know, genocide via an injection or following 
blind protocols from the CDC and who in the hospitals. It's, it's going to be insane. And although I agree with a lot of people that, you know, that podcast, you know, that have podcast shows, they say no one's going to show up in a white horse and, and, and save the day. And, and those people that say that and whoever, those people that I'm talking about, you know who they are. I mean, I want to try to keep names out of my mouth here, but they are right though. No one's going to come saving us. It's, it's, it's the people. We are our own saviors. Okay. Again, the grand jury belongs to the people. The grand jury is the highest court in the land above superseding the Supreme Court. The grand jury is in charge of investigations, believe it or not. Not an investigator or a lawyer. The grand jury is. All the judge does is come in and turns on the lights, adjust the thermostat, and basically sits there in his black little robe dress and basically referees. He does not have any, in, in the attorney, same thing. Irrelevant. You'll learn, guys. You'll learn when this all comes out and, you know, the uh, assemblies take root begin to grow legs and gain momentum you'll see you'll learn if you want to be involved and you really truly have an uh you really truly have a um an interest in being involved you'll you'll understand you'll 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 comprehend everything that's going on and how this country was originally founded because that's what we're returning to now back in 1992 well first off let me start this by saying this so in december 8th in 2013 there was an article that was written by, uh, I guess, a man named Edkin, man, woman. I don't know. There, it just says by Edkin, E-D-K-E-N, Edkin. And there was an article that was written. And back in 1992, Antonin Scalia, in a, uh, in a case, uh, which was the United States versus Williams. Um, what is this? In the 112 Supreme Court case, uh, 1735, 504, U.S. 36, 118, and a bunch of other numbers and letters that, I'll be honest with you, I cannot even reference or even know what they, uh, how to even go about saying it. But in 1992, you can find this actually at www.law.cornell.edu slash Supreme Court slash text slash 504 slash 36. And you can find what I'm referencing here or there. And it states, New York is ground zero. Major grassroots movement in 48 states constituting common law grand juries. In a stunning 6-3 to three vote 1992 decision that went unnoticed until now, Justice Antonin Scalia, writing for the majority, said, In the Supreme Court case of the United States v. Williams, Justice Antonin Scalia, writing for the majority, confirmed that the American grand jury is neither part of the judicial, executive, nor legislative branches of government, but instead belongs to the people. Now, it is in effect a fourth branch of government, governed and administered to directly by and on behalf of the American people, and its authority emanates from the Bill of Rights. The acts of the grand jury is the consent of the people. Now, Justice Antonin Scalia says, quote, The grand jury is mentioned in the Bill of Rights, but not in the body of the Constitution. It, is not, it has not been textually assigned. Therefore, to any of the branches described in the first three articles, it is a constitutional fixture in its own right. In fact, 
The whole theory of its function is that it belongs to no branch of the institutional government, serving as a kind of buffer or referee between the government and the people. End quote. He also goes and states, he being Justice Antonin Scalia, the late, by the way, Justice Antonin Scalia, quote, Thus, citizens have the unbridled right to impanel their own grand juries and present true bills of indictment to a court, which is then required to commence a criminal proceeding. Our founding fathers presciently thereby created a buffer the people may rely upon for justice when public officials, including judges, criminally violate the law. End quote. Justice Antonin Scalia also said, The grand jury is an institution separate from the courts, over whose functioning the courts do not preside. We think it clear that, as a general matter, at least, no such supervisory judicial authority exists. The common law of the Fifth Amendment demands a traditional functioning grand jury. Hmm. I'm going to reread that. It's worth rereading, and I, I want you to let this sink in. The grand jury is an institution separate from the courts. Keep that in mind. It's separate from the courts, over whose functioning the courts do not preside. We think it's clear that, as a general matter at least, that no supervisory judicial authority exists. The common law of the Fifth Amendment demands a traditional functioning grand jury. He also says, although the grand jury normally operates, of course, in the courthouse and under a judicial auspices, its institutional relationship with the judicial branch has traditionally been, so to speak, at arm's length. Judges' direct involvement in the functioning of the grand jury has generally been confined to the constitutive one of calling the grand jurors together and administering their oaths of office. The grand jury's functional independence from the judicial branch is evident both in the scope of its power to investigate criminal wrongdoing and in the manner in which that power is exercised. Now, this is all public domain, folks. I'm not telling you anything that's hidden. I'm not telling you anything that's secret. This is all, this is all public domain. They just hide it from you. Do you understand why? Do you, excuse me, I hate the word understand. Do you comprehend why that places like Facebook and, you know, major news networks and, 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 you know, papers and online platforms, why they censor so much? They do not want the truth getting out there. They know what's happening, especially with, with the assemblies. They know what's happening. Trump knows what's happening. Biden knows what's happening. Half the world's leaders or more know what's happening here in this country. They see what's happening. That's why I'm, I call the first segment of my show here, of, excuse me, of God's show, of God's show. The first segment is noisy news of the day. What we're reading could be true, could be not true. I don't know. But we have to always listen with a very cautious ear because, again, it could be just noise to take us, take our eyes and our attention off the ball. Because there is something powerful happening behind the scenes that you can get involved with. But if you keep your eyes on like CNN and Fox and all these other areas, I'm going to tell you, 
you're going to keep going down rabbit holes that are going to take you nowhere and it'll take you further down rabbit holes. And listen, I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it. I am guilty of it and still do become, you know, have been guilty of it. But here's the thing. It's important to keep your eye on the ball here. Now, Justice Antonin Scalia continues to state the grand jury can investigate. Hear this. The grand jury can investigate merely on suspicion that the law is being violated or even because it wants assurance that it is not. It need not identify the offender it suspects or even the precise nature of the offense it is investigating. So what's that mean? So if somebody is doing some wrongdoing here, the person that's being investigated doesn't even have to know they're being investigated or really the the offense that's being investigated doesn't even, you know, the precise nature of the offense doesn't even need to be, you know, uh, identified. For the simple fact of, you know, hiding and, and covering up tracks and things like that. Again, the grand jury is by the people. The people's job is to root out, up, you know, root out and dig out corruption. Continuing. Antonin Scalia also says the grand jury requires no authorization from its constituting court to initiate an investigation, nor does the prosecutor require leave of court to seek a grand jury indictment. And it's and in its day-to-day functioning, the grand jury generally operates without the interference of a presiding judge. It swears in its own witness, witnesses, and deliberates in total secrecy. The late Scalia also states, recognizing this tradition of independence, we have said the Fifth Amendment's constitutional guarantee presupposes an investigative body acting independently of either prosecuting attorney or judge. Former or late Justice Antonin Scalia also states, given the grand jury's operational separateness from its constituting court, it should come as no surprise that we have been reluctant to invoke the judicial supervisory power as a basis for prescribing modes of grand jury procedure. Over the years, we have received many requests to exercise supervision over the grand jury's evidence-taking process, but we have refused them all. It would run counter to the whole history of the grand jury institution to permit an indictment to be challenged on the ground that there was incompetent or inadequate evidence before the grand jury. Folks, we've all heard the term grand jury, but I don't think people see, people don't understand that there's the institutional grand jury and then there's the people's grand jury. And then on the county level, you have what's called the petite grand jury. But the true grand juries of the people can't exist without the assemblies of the people. The assemblies just started forming back like 2012, 2013, starting with Michigan, then Alaska, and then followed by like 10, 11 other states, North Carolina being the most recent one that just put out a public notice. Antonin Scalia is the one that is trying, did his best to put this message out to the people. 
If you're someone that is was an adult back in the early 90s, do you remember ever hearing anything about this? This United States v. Williams case? Do you remember this? I guarantee you it wasn't in the news. I guarantee you. Bush, Clinton, whoever. I guarantee you at that time, nobody talked about this. Why? Because the people that are in office in the de facto fraudulent government, the corporation of the United States, if people took back control, that would throw them out on the street and their power would be taken away from them. Think about that. Their power would be taken away from them. Not ask for their power. No. We're their boss. We're their employer. God's the CEO with Jesus Christ, right? We, the people in assembly, are in charge of the government, the lower three branches, the judicial, legislative, and executive branch. And again, the whole purpose of the people's grand jury serves as a referee or a buffer. So if the lower three branches of government usurp their powers and basically commit crimes against the people, the grand jury, again, which supersedes the Supreme Court, the grand jury has the right, has the capability, without a law degree, without any type of certifications or specialized schooling or any of that nonsense that you have to pay what? I don't know what a college degree is now. What, $40,000 a year? I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. The people in the grand jury from the assemblies conduct their own investigations. They're the ones that bring people to justice that are in the lower three branches of government. Remember, the people's grand jury is essentially a fourth branch of government. Well, did you know there's five branches of government? What's the fifth? We the people in assembly. Why do you think it's listed in the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights? We have the right to assemble, to redress grievances against the government, basically. Why do you think that comes first and ahead of the Second Amendment? Think about it. The grand jury belonging to the people is a concept that, um, what was his name? Let me look here. There's a, uh, there's a website. Let me look at my phone here. If I can find my phone, I have no idea where my phone's at. I want you guys to, here's a little homework for you. While I'm looking at my phone here, excuse me. This is very important. Um, wonder if I can find this here. The 10, let's see, this is not it. 
I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying. I'm really trying to find this because there's something you really should look at into here. Um, let me assembly here. Um, there it is. Red Beckman. If you want to know more about what this is all about, what I've been talking about since I've even, since this podcast has started, go to uh, Red like the color red, redbeckman.com. That's R-E-D-B-E-C-K-M-A-N.com. Go to his video section. There is a 12-part series there um, that discusses this very this very matter here with the with the uh, people's grand juries. Um very, very now this gentleman, now these videos are seem a little dated. But the information is just as relevant as it is today. And it, he goes into further discussions about the grand jury and the IRS and how, you know, we basically are paying taxes via voluntary compliance. He discusses, you know, what democracy is versus a republic. He talks about the constitutional republic, uh, you know, more in detail. Um, the trust that we put into our government has been betrayed. He discusses the truth about the grand juries. He talks about how the IRS unconstitutional, you know, unconstitutional, uh, excuse me, the IRS unconstitutional under, the IRS is unconstitutional under the executive branch. And he talks about the grand jury and the trial jury powers and investigations for the future. I mean, he goes over all of this. And then he talks about the 16th Amendment, which was basically the law that never was. Give it a listen to. It, it's It's, if you have time, in fact, no, make time. It's that important. Make time. Redbeckman.com and then go into the video section. Again, it's a 12-part part series. It may take you an hour and a half or so to get through them all, but you know what? It's worth it. I've watched the video series now, I don't know, three or four times. But this man has talked about this since the 90s, going into the 2000s. You need to learn about your grand juries. They're going to be needed, and we need more people with high moral. We need more people with not only high morals and values, we need more people with just good quality character because when these investigations happen, we can't just have people want to just try everybody and anybody. Look, we need cool heads. We need people with high, like I said, a high moral fiber within their being. And the grand juries exist and they're just growing. They're only growing. Do your homework on it. Again, if you want to know a little bit more about it, go to uh, www.national-assembly.com dot net you'll find more information there as well now a quick word of the day is administer the word is administer it's a transitive verb 
First definition is to act as a minister or chief agent in managing public affairs under laws or a constitution of government. As a king, president, or other supreme officer, it is also used of absolute monarchs who rule not in subordination, but is more strictly applicable to limited monarchs and other supreme executive officers and to governors, viceroys, judges, and the like, who are under the authority of laws. A king or president administers the government or laws when he executes them or carries them into effect. Definition 2. To dispense as to administer justice or the sacrament. 3. To afford, give, or furnish as to administer relief that is to act as the agent. 4. To give as an oath to cause to swear according to law. Quote of the day, there's actually two of them. They're both by Antonin Scalia. God assumed from the beginning that the wise of the world would view Christians as fools. And he has not been disappointed. If I have brought any message today, it is this. Have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ. And have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world. That's quote number one by Antonin Scalia. Second quote. Devout Christians are destined to be regarded as fools in modern society. We are fools for Christ's sake. We must pray for courage to endure the scorn of the sophisticated world. Again, very akin to the first quote. But I wanted to say, I wanted to read it off anyway. So in closing, we have to get involved. We have a duty to get involved. But Jason, how do I do that? By joining your local county and state assembly. By establishing a county and a state assembly, if one has, has not been situated in your state or county. But how? Listen. It's not a quick process. It's not a sexy process. It's a process nonetheless. It will take time and it will take effort, but it, you can't do it alone. You have to have a group with you joined of the like mind who just want to bring this nation back to a free and healed land with God at the top of the throne. Because let me tell you at every assembly meeting, everyone, and I'm not going to go into details about what we talk about, because again, you have to be an assemblyman or woman to, to you know, to, to, to be privy to whatever information your local municipalities. But I will say this because this is not secret. We always do an opening prayer, always, because first and foremost, our biggest goal as an assembly is to place God back at the throne, back at the top of this nation, because that is where he belongs. Everything in the assembly 
is done in accordance to common law, which is also based off of God's Ten Commandments, natural law. Everything we do is because we have the rights given to us by our Creator. Just go to the forum section and find your state in the nationalassembly.net website. Again, go to www.national-assembly.net. There is a form for each state. Believe me, it is an active form and it is checked daily by key individuals. As I've said previously, North Carolina just put out a public notice on February 10th. That was just last week. Florida, before that, just put out a public notice just back in January. These states are becoming free and independent nation states. You're separating from the yokes and the freaking shackles of the federal government, which is the corporation, and we are returning back to a jurisdiction, an original jurisdiction, with the civilian population back in control. This grassroots movement is taking shape and gaining momentum. Trust me, it is. We the people will be getting the power back in this nation. And actually, I really believe that there are countries that are watching us right now, and those countries are also going to get power back in their own nation as well. Common law grand juries cannot exist without the assemblies of the people. These are... There are grand juries, and then there are, like I said, the petite grand juries on the county level. But we need more people to be involved. We need more people who are not afraid of doing a little work. It's not going to take your whole, you know, all your time away. For goodness sake, I put in 12 to 14 hours a day at work, five, sometimes six days a week, depending on how ambitious I feel. I do this podcast for God and Jesus Christ. In addition to all that, I am a father and a husband who makes sure I set time aside and spend time with them. In addition to all of that, I'm a part of my local county assembly. I'm not going to say what, because again, Assembly members have been followed and targeted. No huge harm has been done, but intimidation tactics have been deployed. But we need more people because, again, they understand the power of the assemblies. You know, my mother-in-law, she thinks, you know, boy, I really, you know, she's like, you scare me with some of the things you talk about. Well, why? Never, do not fear. That's what the Bible says. 365 plus times. Fear not. Fear no man. Intimidate me all you want. With God at my back, with Christ in my heart, come at me, bro, is what I say. I'm fighting for my nation, for my family, for God, for my fa- for my daughter. I want her to grow up in a world of freedom, true freedom. We need more people that have courage, that give a damn and want to preserve this nation and bring it back to a truly free and prosperous nation under God, the Father Almighty, at the throne. This has to happen. And let me read you the last paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. And you tell me if if these people were scared. And it reads... 
Listen up, please, because this is important. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions due in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are of right, ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as a free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. Here's the last and most important sentence of the last paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's worth repeating. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Now, you tell me, does that sound like men who were scared? No. They kicked the Brits' freaking butts. 3% of the population of the colonies destroyed the world's most powerful navy. How? When you got Christ in your heart and God at your side, no army on earth, no enemy on earth can stand against you and prosper when you have God at your side and Christ in your heart. Trust me. I do not fear no man. Let me ask you, what matters more to you? Because quite frankly, I'll gladly pledge my life, our fortune, my sacred honor without question. I've already written off the 401k and pension that's building and continuously building. Well, I'm not contributing to it, but you know, the pension continues to build as I continue to work for the company that I work for. But I've already written that off. Now, if it's still there when I retire, awesome. Just awesome. But you know what? I understand what's happening. And the system's going to come down to a halting, screeching, crashing, tumble freefall. It's going to be insane. But it's also going to be rebuilt very quickly. And I think to a lot of people's surprise. I have ripped the money hooks out of me that Satan has embedded deep inside of me. And that is what evil does. They, evil, evil, mm. Satan has a very unique way of getting at people. And when people have no problem pledging their life and their fortune and their sacred honor without a question for the freedom, not only for themselves, but also for their countrymen and their future, you know, their, their families and their future generations to come. 
that's a fight I'll take. And if we do not fight this and rise up against this, this evil with Jesus Christ in our heart and with a pure proclamation to restore God, the father back on the throne, then what are we doing then? What is the purpose of our lives then at this point in time in which we were placed here? Do you want to live free or do you want to serve a tyrannical dictatorship and evil government where you are enslaved for life? Think about it. Do you really think you're free? Sure, we, we, we have our homes. We have our jobs. We have, the, we have the ability to go about and buy food at the grocery store and water and go out to the bars. And we have the right, you know, we, we can pray to God and go to churches. Sure, yeah, we, we have the illusion that we're free. Trust me, we're not. And the quicker you come to that realization, the sooner you, under, you, you comprehend just truly what kind of war that we're in with this evil, the sooner you'll start to realize you're going to have to stand up and take action because no one's coming on a white, coming in on a white horse other than Jesus Christ when that time comes. No man is going to come in. Guns are blazing and, you know, whips cracking. Nobody's coming to save us. We are our own saviors. So with that, I'm going to close this out. I want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for continuing to join me. I'm asking you again as a favor. Please share this far and wide. We need more good people. We need more good people. Not just for God and for Jesus Christ. We need more good people for this nation. Are you one of them? And now we're going to close this out with the warrior's prayer. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth, may I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, may it guard my heart from evil, so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace, may I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen.
So remember what it is to be a hardliner and what his hardline truly is about. You must always remain firm, steadfast, and uncompromising. Thank you for joining us here at His Hard Line. Good night. God bless. And signing out until next time. Thank you for listening to His Hard Line. <laughs>